Life gets hard when you get down. I'm just trying to figure my shit. What's going on, guys? My name is Mark Anthony Joe, and this is Coffee with Mark. I know it's uh I know it's been quite a while since any of you have heard from me. Um, really irrespective of where you typically uh, keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, keep up with the Joes. Um, whether you whether you you know primarily interact with me on Instagram or whether it's TikTok or whether it's even you know in my day to day job um, you know at First Form, whether it's even just keeping up with the podcast here, um, I really um, I've, I've really kind of been off the grid. Uh, for the past week or so, and and that was by design. You know, some of you guys reached out to me and, you know, uh, sent me a message. Hey, are you okay? You've asked friends or people that are close to me if I'm good, um, and I am. I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, I just took some time. I took some time for myself, um, and 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 really away from from everybody. Um, I, I've had to explain to a few people close to me over this past week or so that, you know, everybody everybody's different. Um, some people are are naturally like people people um and they you know to to recharge or to you know i don't whatever people typically do um for them it's you know go be around people go have fun maybe go out to a bar or to a club or go to vegas or go to a concert or something and it just it really does just light a fire in people um but i'm not that i'm not that person you know i'm not that way I, I'm, I'm actually quite the opposite i'm, I'm not naturally a people person and you know my job it, it really does it, it it requires me to speak to and interact with you know really thousands of people just all the time all day every day um and uh and not only that but but even you know my personal life my social life like the podcast social media i mean it's just I, i'm constantly interacting with people and generally speaking i love it you know i love helping people. I love interacting with people. I love learning about people. I, I really do love people, but I am the kind of person that every, every, you know, so often, like I, I need, I recharge in solitude, you know, like I, I fill my cup, you know, and I, and I, you know, find myself and I find my passion and I find God and I find, I find everything that is important to me, um, in solitude. I, re I really do. And, and I, you know, once I left, um, you know, I was reflecting on like the last time that I really had spent time by myself. And it's really been over a year um, since I've even had, you know, a, a day or two, you know, completely to myself, by myself, um, you know, devoid of any obligations or responsibilities. And and, you know, I mean, it, it, to some people that might not seem like a long time, but for me, it, it really is a long time. You know, it really is, especially just, you know, at the rate that I operate, you know, I, I just, so anyway, that's what happened. That's what happened, guys. Like is uh, a spur of the moment, um, literally on Sunday, uh, I forget what date it was, but, but it was a Sunday and I said, you know what, I'm going to leave tomorrow. You know, I'm I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna get in my car and I'm just gonna drive. I'm I'm just gonna drive and drive and drive. I'm not really sure where I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna leave tomorrow. And that's what I did. Like that's what I did. I mean, Monday, um, whatever. You know, the following day it was a Monday. That's when I dropped off the face of the earth. Didn't say anything to anybody. Um, and I just started got in my car and I started driving. And I want to kind of share just uh and that's what this episode is going to be i'm just going to talk a little bit about the trip i'm going to share some of the thoughts and you know things that that happened um while i was gone i was gone for a week um and uh and yeah i mean hopefully you guys not only enjoy it um but find you know some of these thoughts really really uh interesting valuable uh thought-provoking pro productive um so anyway I did. I, I got in my car, and 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 for the record, okay, I have a, um, I have like a two. I, I have a pretty a pretty new Toyota 4Runner, okay, and I bought the car because, um, because honestly, because my girlfriend Grace, she loves that car, and uh, it was on her vision board for a long time, and so when I had an opportunity to get one, I just bought it, and I, you know, with the thought process of like, wow, she's gonna be really excited about this. She's really gonna like it. Um, 
and so you know i'm not i'm not really a car guy so for me like it was just a, a functional a practical vehicle and so anyway i got it it's the trd pro version and i will say that taking a several thousand mile road trip made me love my forerunner like i absolutely i fell in love with the car and to the point where now i'm like looking at these things called the roof nests where it's basically like a rack you can put on top of your forerunner but when you need it it literally pops open um, and creates a rooftop tent that's like seven feet long and five feet wide like it can comfortably sleep two people it's insulated like it's this super 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 nice tent um, and I'm like, okay, cool. Next road trip, I'm getting the roof nest and I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get in my car, drive and then stay on top of my car. So I don't even have to pay for hotels every night. But anyway, so love the forerunner now. All right. But the first day I left, okay. I just, um, I hit the road and I started heading South. So I'm in Missouri and the States that I hit first were like Oklahoma, Texas. And, and, and the, tr and the truth is guys, like I was in, I was in such a, a, a bad mindset, um, like just being like full transparency, like, like I definitely needed the trip. Um, and it wasn't just like me reflecting like, oh man, it's been a while since I took a trip. It was like, Hey, I need to, I need to like get away for a little bit. Like I, I do, like I'm in a really bad mental, emotional, spiritual spot. Um, I'm not really happy with you know, just the way that I've been showing up. I'm not really happy with the way I've been prioritizing like my relationship with God or the way that I've been prioritizing myself or prioritizing personal development. Like I've, I've just, I've been slipping, you know, and I, and I know it's, it's really directly correlated to um, just mental and emotional and spiritual wellness. And, and, and without giving yourself that time, like without actually investing intentional time energy and effort in those things they don't get any better like and i know that from experience and so you know i i that's that was the reason that's what provoked the trip was like i was just in a bad spot and um you know and this is kind of this is kind of negative i mean it is it is what it is but you know when i get down on myself i've shared in the past about how you know sometimes i just i look at my life the way that it is now um you know, how blessed and how fortunate I am. And, and I, and I really, really, really struggle with it. Like I, I struggle with it so much. I have this, like this, this looming, you know, oppressive, just guilt. Um, because like, I, I'll think about how, like my older brother, for example, my older brother died when he was 24 years old. You know, I think about, I have so many friends that didn't live to see 25, like literally all, you know, these kids that, that died and, you know, a lot of them just on accident and, you know, just doing things, you know, like kids and, and, and accidents happened and, and, and those people didn't make it. And then I think about all these guys that I knew in prison and, you know, guys that will literally never come home, like they'll never come home, you know, or they'll never escape the lifestyle that they were living in. And, and I think about all the things that I've done and all the things that I've taken for granted in life and all the bad decisions that I made and, and, and all the years where I literally took my life for granted, where I, I, you know, where I was indifferent, you know, and I, and I kind of wanted to die, you know, and I think about those things and, and, you know, it leaves me just feeling like, like I, oh, you know, like I, I live my life sort of the way that I do and, it, and it's really rooted in this indebtedness that I feel to God and to myself and to society and to my family, to my parents. Like I feel indebted, you know, because I'm, I feel like I'm living on a, on a, on an opportunity that I didn't earn. You know, in fact, I, I, I quite literally threw away the first opportunity, um, to be a productive and successful person that I had. And, and, and I was giving a, a, another opportunity, you know? And so that that feeling of indebtedness it follows me and, and, and I'm it's so real to me. Like I, I can't really I can't emphasize it enough. Like that's it's ever lingering, you know, and, and it and it does influence the way that I operate. And so when I'm when I'm not living up to the standard that I set for myself, you know, um and 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 the commitment, you know, the commitment that I made to God and to myself. When I'm not consistently living up to that, and nobody's perfect, but when I'm 
not consistently living up to it, like that is where I, I really get I really get in a bad spot mentally and emotionally and and I and I start to feel undeserving. Like that's the truth. Like that, this is the thing that I said. It's kind of sad. It's kind of you know negative, but it, I I really do. I start to feel like I don't even deserve to be here, and that's how I was feeling when I left on my trip. Like that's the truth. And and I and it was kind of surreal because and and I am gonna mention God a lot on this episode. Like if that's not your cup of tea, you know, try to you know if it doesn't apply, let it fly. You know, I think there'll, there'll still be a lot of value in this episode. Um, even if you're not on the same page with me, uh, with your faith or your beliefs, right? So anyway, I'm, it was kind of surreal because I'm driving it and all of a sudden I hit the absolute, I mean, the worst storm that I have ever, 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 ever even considered driving in, but I'm, I'm in it. Okay. Like it, the storm that I hit in Oklahoma, guys, it was so bad that I literally called Grace, which this is not characteristic of me, and she doesn't even know that this is actually why I called her. But I called her, and I knew she was at a hockey game with her dad and her brother, and I called her, and I was just like, hey, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm at the hockey game, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, you're, you're going to the game. And, you know, it was like a three-minute phone call, but I was just like, hey, I'm just calling just to check in and, you know, say hi, whatever. And the, the real reason why I was calling is because I am, I am, I had already committed mentally. I'm like, I'm not pulling over. I'm not, I had pulled over just to call her. And I said, I'm not, I'm not pulling over. I'm not stopping. I'm driving through this. And, and, and I was like, man, just in case something bad happens, I'm going to call Grace. And then, you know, I think I even texted my brother and I, and I said, I love you to my brother. Like, again, this is not like me. Okay. I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy, you know, it's nothing wrong with it, but I'm not. And and so anyway, I mean, this is how bad this storm was. It was like, it, it was raining so hard that like, you know how when you have your wipers on the highest setting and they're going as fast as possible. I had my wipers on the highest setting going as fast as possible and it still wasn't clearing my window fast enough for me to actually see. Like I couldn't, I couldn't see anything. Not only that, in Oklahoma, they have highways that have 80 mile an hour speed limit, okay? So the speed limit's 80, it's a two lane highway. Uh, you, it's raining so hard that you literally cannot see anything. And I'm going 75, 80 the whole time. And I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> like some of you, you know, some of you, I guess, you know, that are closer to me, if you've ever traveled with me, you know, like I kind of joke sometimes that like, you know, hey, I need to risk my life at least once on this trip, you know, and it just keeps things fresh for me. And it's it's a joke, but it's not really a joke. You know, I think that reminding yourself of your own mortality frequently is, you know, is, is it, for me, it's productive anyway. But so anyway, this though, this this was not in good spirits, but I said, you know what, fuck this. Like every once in a while, uh, going back to that feeling of indebtedness, you know, going back to, you know, sometimes feeling like, you know, I really don't deserve this opportunity or to be here. Um, I, I decided driving through that storm in Oklahoma, I'm like, you know what? Maybe God made a mistake. You know, maybe he gave me this second chance and really I wasn't the one that was supposed to go. I don't know. But you know what? I'm going to find out tonight. And I'm driving 80, 85 in the worst storm I've ever driven in. You know, I mean, my hands were just freaking gripping the steering wheel like how they say white knuckles like i literally probably had white knuckles my hands are going numb i'm holding the steering wheel so hard like i i am at any moment prepared to just crash doing 80 in this terrible storm and and who knows what right and and not only that i just i only mentioned the rain guys it was pitch black i mean so dark and at like probably literally every two minutes the entire, I mean, just these these powerful, clear, thick strikes of lightning were coming down around me everywhere. Like, like no exaggeration, like, guys. It was like, it, like it couldn't have been any scarier had they created this for a movie. Like it was, it was terrifying. And uh, and I'm just, and I'm full steam ahead. You know, I sent it through this storm, and you know, and, and the whole time I was just, you know, I was, I was having thoughts like the ones that I'm sharing with you guys now, you know, like, man, maybe I don't deserve to be here. Um, but 
I don't know, God seemed to reassure me. Every once in a while, I just ask him. You know, I just got to ask him, hey, you sure? You sure I'm, I'm the one? You sure I'm supposed to be here? And, you know, and so far, he keeps on reassuring me that, you know, no, you're, you're, you're going to be here whether you like it or not. So, uh, so anyway, that was, that was sort of like, the, that was honestly the first eight, ten hours, um, you know, of me in the car was dry i mean 10 hours straight guys of this storm like I, if, if you look back and you live in oklahoma or you live in like north texas like you know what storm i mean this storm was so bad but probably for the first eight to ten hours i didn't listen to any music it was dead silent and i'm just gunning it through this storm um and eventually i came to um i came to just like a a, a motel or hotel actually no i i pulled off the highway and I tried to get some sleep at like 1.30 in the morning at a rest stop, uh, but I just couldn't do it. Like, I just couldn't do it. It was too, like my brain wouldn't turn off. I, you know, I kind of restlessly uh, laid there for about 45 minutes in my car. Uh, but then I just got back in, you know, in the steering uh, or in the driver's seat and I drove probably another hour or so. And at three o'clock in the morning, I pulled over to like a Holiday Inn and this lady charges me like $300 for a room at the Holiday Inn at three in the morning and checkouts at 11. Like I was so mad. I'm like, she definitely just knew that I was desperate and was like, hey, this is the only room that I have, whatever, and charged me 300 bucks for it. But I paid it, whatever. I, I went in there, got some sleep. Uh, she, and she had the nerve to tell me, oh, and we have a, and hot breakfast is included. It starts at six. Oh, great. I come down for the hot breakfast and it's like frozen waffles and, and cereal. I'm like, how is this hot breakfast? Not even the coffee was good. Not even, it was just whatever. But, um, but anyway, I was grateful for finding a place to stay. Um, I made it through the storm and, um, and, and okay. So now I'm on to day two and day two, I start driving um, and I'm, I'm really in Texas at this point. I'm not really sure where in Texas I was, um, but I, I, I'm driving south, 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 south. And, you know, really the one of the first really significant things about um, Texas was that I, I actually drove through this town called Hereford, Texas, right? And... Uh, if you know anything about the farming industry or the agriculture industry or, you know, for whatever reason, maybe you're familiar with cattle or cows, um, then you will know that Hereford, Texas is actually the number one um, meat producing town in America. Uh, specifically, they produce beef and there's a, a specific type of, you know, breed of cattle that's actually named after the town. It's called Hereford Beef and Anyway, so I'm reading this, these billboards and these signs that, you know, are, are all over the town, you know, talking about um, just Hereford, Texas and how, you know, they're committed to being a meat producing or beef producing town. And I should say that like driving into this area, okay, guys, like I have literally never, ever, ever, ever seen farmland so extensive as I did when I was driving into when I was driving through Texas like it was it, it was it was unbelievable you know like literally unbelievable you look to your left you look to your right for for as far as you can possibly see I mean I, and it's flat land it's not like there's rolling hills or anything so it's obstructing your view it's flat land and to your left to your right in front of you behind you as far as you can literally see is green farmland like like is just farmland and these just fields and fields and fields and fields and i'm thinking holy shit you know like i i have never seen and and then as i'm driving i was on this one road for i remember 73 miles and for 73 miles straight it was it was that it was flat farmland as far as you can see in either direction no store no gas station no nothing for 73 miles straight and the thing that at, at some point you know i just started thinking man like like who would live out here you know who 
who would live out here? I started to, to try to put myself in the shoes of somebody that lived out there. And I, and I literally couldn't. Like, I, I, I thought to myself, man, sometimes I, I, I get, you know, frustrated or upset or whatever about my life. But think about the life that these people are living. Okay? Think about these people are literally sacrificing their entire life to raise cattle. Like, to, to raise beef. And this beef feeds our country. And it was just, it was something where like, it really did help me. It really helped me re-put my own life into perspective. And, um, and, and then at one point, I, um, you know, I stopped at a gas station. I stopped at a gas station. And I, you know, I did, I got some gas. And it was after that one road. But I'm still in Hereford, Texas. And I, and I, and I got some gas and I went in and, and the woman that was working there really just, she was on her phone, I think, looking at like TikTok or, you know, Instagram or something. And uh, she noticed me when I come in, but not really. You know, I went to the bathroom, came out, shopped around. She's still on her phone, just, you know, all in it. And then eventually I checked out um, You know, I walked out and I thought to myself, man, why, why in the world would anybody live here? You know, like that woman right there, that woman, especially the people that are not farmers. Like if you're not one of the people raising all the cattle here, then what in the world are you doing here? You're working at a 7-Eleven, you know, and I just, for me, I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. Like I, I could not, I could not wrap my mind around the, the thought that there are people who live in small towns like that, that are completely isolated, you know, completely isolated from like society, the way that I know it, you know, and they live in small towns like that just to support the locals. And they have no purpose, no purpose to their life. Like that lady works at a 7-Eleven in a town where there's literally nothing but farmland as far as you can possibly see. I didn't notice a single bar, a high-rise building, like nothing. And and I, and I just I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my mind around the idea that you just go to go home, you know, go home, you know, whatever you do at night, go to sleep, wake up, come back to 7-Eleven, work, you know, do do it all over again and that's your life. Um so anyway, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, to, part, to impart here is that, you know, it, it's very difficult to keep your own life into perspective. But I promise you, when you drive through some of the small towns in America and you look at the life that they live, not only does it, it, it completely, it gives you a whole new sense of gratitude for the opportunity and the life that you have, um, but it does. It just gives you a different perspective. I think about those farmers even. You know, like their whole life is farming. They might, they may, they may or may not know anything other than farming. And not only that, they may never leave the farm. Like their whole life from start to finish may be raising beef cattle. And uh, in a small town like Hereford, Texas. And, and it just, I, I, it is mind boggling to me, but I thought it was, I thought it was relevant because it was for a long time I was sitting there just thinking about that and, and really letting it sink in that there are people out there who live in those small towns, and I drove through so many of them over the past week, but who live in these towns that are so isolated from the society as we know it, and, and they're oblivious, you know? And I, and I bet you that there are those people, some of them are happy, you know? They don't feel like they're missing out on anything, and it's all a matter of perspective. It really, really, really is. And so it's powerful if you utilize it and you really think about it and appreciate that. But one last thing on 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 Hereford and, and on Texas is that, you know, I was I was I mentioned how the the farmland was so extensive. I mean, as far as you could see in either direction. And but the one thing that struck me is that I saw all the signs saying how this is the number one beef producing town in America, but I didn't see any beef. Like I didn't see any cattle. I saw so much land, no cattle. And wait. 
Oh, man, I had another thought, too. But I saw so much land and no cattle. But then, okay, all of a sudden, I'm driving, 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 driving. Probably, I went this whole, that whole 73-mile road. Went that whole thing, no cattle. Then I turn, and I'm on another road for like 100-something miles. And on that road, all of a sudden, I came up over this, this little crest, like his... You know, just a slight crest, but I came up, it, it was it was enough that you couldn't really see the road beyond it. And as soon as I got over this crest, it looked like the entire horizon turned black. And I was like, what in the world? And then it it, it like I realized that that was all cattle. It was it was it was cattle. I mean, the most cows you have ever and will ever see in the same place at once, ever. Okay, I come up over, over the crest, the entire horizon is black. It's just cattle. Cattle for, you know, not really as far as you could see, but I mean so much cattle. It was crazy. Um, and, then, and then the other thing too that I, that I thought of as I drove through Hereford is I, at one point I saw this huge, this massive field and there was like a clear line uh, where on the left, you know, the field had been plowed and, and on the right, it hadn't yet been plowed and and it was just this massive massive field and i thought to myself man think about the quality the qualities of these farmers you know like think about the person who can look at that field and and think okay i got to plow that field how am i going to plow it i'm literally just going to drive my tractor back and forth for as long as it takes and this is one of the biggest flattest flat fields that I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I can't imagine how many acres I was looking at. And I'm thinking, okay, imagine the mindset of the farmer who thinks, man, how am I, I gotta plow the field tomorrow. Okay, how am I gonna get it done? Well, I'm just gonna hook my tractor up and I'm just gonna drive back and forth on this field as long as it freaking takes. And then when it's done, I'll go back home. Like I, I, <laughs> I love it. Like I, I really did. I, I, this may seem silly to you guys, but like just realizing that there are people out there who think and operate that way, man, I love it. That lights me right up, you know? So anyway, eventually on day two, I made it to, um, I made it to my first actual stop. The place that I, I, I did want to stop here. It was called White Sands National Park. Okay. And White Sands National Park um, is a place I, I encourage you to uh, Google it, you know, Google it, check out some of the photos. But it was a place that, um, that quite honestly, I wanted to go because, um, well, you know, I hadn't been talking to, it, this sounds crazy, okay? Uh, so at one point I'm in New, uh, you get through Texas and you go to New Mexico. That was the next state that I went to. And I pulled over at one point um, before I got to White Sands National Park and I pulled over in this wilderness preserve and I just wanted to get out of the car and go for a hike and, you know, walk for a little bit. And at this time, this was like really the first time that I came into contact with um, anybody, you know, like, like literally anybody. Um, but my friend Maggie texted me and we were talking back and forth and uh, she realized that I was that I was gone. She was just checking on me and, you know, I sent her a picture of where I was. I mean, I was in the middle of this uh, not really desert, not really forest, but a mix between the two. And, and, and as far as you could see, it was just flat land, you know, cacti, cacti and, you know, other, um, you know, just other bushes and, and stuff like that. And so I sent her a picture and I said, hey, I'm just out here wandering, you know, and she's like, you, you know, what are you, um, I forget, but she said, you know, what are you doing out there or something like that? And I just said, I'm looking for something, you know, and, and, and as I said it, you know, in my own head, I had my, I had this little conversation with myself, this internal dialogue. It's like, I'm looking for something, you know, what, what am I looking for? And at that time, you know, so many things came to my mind. I'm looking for God. I'm looking for myself. I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for questions. I'm looking for quiet and solitude. I'm looking for all these things, you know, and, and, and it was just a, a really vague, broad, general, I'm looking for something, you know, and what, what I thought about since then is that, you know, again, I mentioned how in the beginning, I really just didn't really feel, I felt like I was failing. I felt like I was letting God down. I felt like, 
you know, I was just in a bad spot. And, and really, honestly, what I can also say is that I think for a little bit of time, I was just kind of leaving God out, you know, like I was, generally speaking, I I have a really strong relationship with God and, and I, and I wasn't listening. I wasn't speaking. I wasn't, I wasn't doing things. I was kind of ignoring, you know, God in my life. And, uh, and, and, and driving to these places, there are, there are places on earth where I would say that, that it is impossible to ignore God, you know, like seriously, there are places that are so breathtaking, that are so magnificent, that are so enormous, that are so beautiful, that it is literally impossible, <laughs> at least for me, to ignore God, right? He, he cannot be ignored in those moments and in those places. And White Sands National Park is actually, at least I was hoping that it would be one of those places. And the truth is it, it is, you know, at least for me it was. So I, I, drove, I drove, you know, I stopped at that wilderness preserve. I did take a walk there. That was beautiful. That is one of the pictures. If you actually um, go on my Instagram, the post that I made today, so it would have been you know, anyway, yesterday, if you're listening to this, the first day it came out, but the post I made, um, it's just a, a 10, you know, picture, uh, swipe through post that has a bunch of pictures from my road trip. Um, and there is a picture, it should be the second one, the one after the tacos. Anyway, it's just a trail. It's just like a, a path, I guess you could say a dirt road. And it just goes as far as you could see. That was the wilderness preserve that I stopped in. And then White Sands, it'll be easy for you to pick out the picture of White Sands National Park because it's just a picture of white sand dunes. But, you know, I do, I get to White Sands and I drive in. And the first thing that's really cool is that the guy working there, he clearly loves his job. Like he he was like, hey, you ever been here before? No? Okay, cool. Let me tell you about all this stuff. And and that was really cool uh, because he was excited and enthusiastic about it. It made me even more excited about it. And when you first drive in, okay, first of all, you get access to the park and there's only one way in and one way out, okay? You, you just drive into this desert. And the, the, the road that runs through the park, it goes eight miles deep into the desert. Okay, eight miles deep into the desert. And when I first drove in, I honestly, to be, to be fully transparent, I was really underwhelmed. Like I, I, I drove in and yeah, there are these big white sand dunes, but they don't look anything like what you see on the internet when you Google White Sands National Park. Because when you Google it, you have all of this unobstructed white sand, you know, like just, just, for as far as you can see, there's just white sand and there's sand dunes and there's, you know, there's rivets that the, the wind has created and, and, and just beauty. But these sand dunes that you see when you first drive into to, to the national park, they're all like, there's a lot of vegetation, like desert vegetation growing on them. There's like these bushes, there's cacti, there's all kinds of things. And so it's not that like smooth, silky, beautiful white sand that you're looking for. It's honestly kind of ugly. Um, and so I, I drove in and um, I, I, I'm looking around and I'm, again, I'm underwhelmed. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just keep driving, whatever. And hopefully, you know, I find something like what I was looking at on the internet and I drive and I drive and I drive and I drive and lo and behold, you know, I did, I did. I found um, the picture that I took. I honestly wasn't even that deep, but the deeper that you go, into the park, right? The further down that eight mile road you go, the cleaner, like the, 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 the less and less and less vegetation, but also people like, or anything, the less of anything you see. And for me, honestly, it, it felt, again, it was just a really, really spiritual um, experience for me. And I'm driving back and, and it seemed like, um, it, it seemed like the further back you went, again, the less people you saw, the less plants and vegetation you saw, the, the more beautiful it got, you know, it was just, it became, eventually it was just white sand as far as I could see every, in every direction. Like I got out of my car and I climbed up on top of a, of a sand dune, a mass, I mean, these are massive sand dunes. I walked up on top of one and I just look around and, and you almost get, a little bit unsteady because you you lose your bearings a little bit because you're not even sure what direction you came from like that's how 
you know, like that's how piercing this white sand is. It really is. And, um, but it also like, there was this really weird energy, uh, in the park and not necessarily when you first get in, but the further back you went, the windier it got. And this, it, it sounds like a weird thing, but like, I'm telling you guys, it was just a, it was a really, really cool, um, but, but palpable, you know, presence or energy in this park. And, and I, I got out of my car several times because I would drive back a little bit, get out, walk up on top of a sand dune, kind of take a look around, see how far I was back, um, you know, see if I could get a, a good photo or something. Um, but every time I got out of my car, the wind was stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And it was like, when you get all the way back, I got, I went all the way back and there wasn't a soul back there. I mean, I, I was probably a mile further than the last person I saw, like seriously. And I'm, I'm all the way back. There's nobody back there. It's nothing but white sand. As far as I could see, no vegetation, no nothing. And I got out of my car and it was so windy that I instantly wanted to get right back in. Okay. Like seriously, I, I did, I didn't, um, I ended up walking on top of one of the sand dunes and, and kind of looking out over the park. It was, it was so windy back there. I couldn't open my eyes all the way. I'm squinting. I didn't want to open my mouth. My phone got sand all over it, all in the cracks. My case was covered in sand. Like, and I, and I mean, I was just, I just, I was holding my, my phone in my hand. I mean, it was, it was crazy, but in that moment, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I don't, this is exactly what I came for, you know, like this, this moment, um, it was exactly what I had been looking for, you know, it really was cool. And, uh, and, and it was, um, you know, it was, it was, it was solitude, you know, it really was. And, it, and, and when you're in White Sands National Park, you're all the way in the back and you're looking at how beautiful the sand is. You're looking at, you know, uh, just really the desert and, and the earth. And, and it, it is, it's one of those places, it's one of those, those moments where it, it's really impossible. It's very difficult to ignore God in those moments because, you, you know, it's just something that's so uh, inexplainable. Um, and I think that that's what characterizes, that's, that's one of the, the the common characteristics of places places like that is like when I'm looking at something and it's just it's it's unfathomable how this would be created um you know that's one of those things where I'm just like man God is great you know God is good but anyway so I, I did I get out of uh I get I I I didn't spend too much time in the national park to be honest because that's really what I went for was just to see it and to feel it and to be there um and, and I did, I spent some time, I probably spent an hour or so, maybe even a little bit longer um, at the park once I got all the way back there. But then I did, I just hit the road um, and I started and I kept driving. So I was in New Mexico, that's where the White Sands National Park is. Um, and then I, I started heading west. Um, so I went to Arizona um, and that was really, um, now we're talking day three. So halfway through the trip, just about, um, and I actually had Grace fly down and meet me down there. So Grace flew, flew down to Arizona. Um, I, went, I ended up staying the night there, uh, picking her up from Phoenix Airport. And then, uh, so then we started uh, day three. So we started Wednesday in Phoenix. And we woke up, you know, went, got some coffee, um, went and hiked Sedona, uh, which is just a, a, a part of of Arizona that's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly beautiful. I um, mean, the cool thing about this hike and the cool thing about this experience was that um, we picked a, a trail that I'd never hiked before, even though I had been to Sedona. It's called, um, I believe it's called Devil's Bridge, all right? And, and this was actually inspired by uh, Maggie, who, who told me when we were speaking, she told me she wanted to go hike that trail. Um, and so I'd never been there before, never hiked uh, that trail before, so I chose that one. And one cool thing, if you've ever been to Devil's Bridge, is that um, apparently it's a, it's a two-mile hike from the trailhead um, in and back, okay? But it, the hard part about hiking Devil's Bridge specifically, like that trail or that route, is that it's very, very, very difficult to actually get to the trailhead with your vehicle because you need a like a you need a four-wheel drive high clearance vehicle in order to in order to even drive all the way back to where the trail starts. 
Now, this is my first road trip with the 4Runner. I have never driven a vehicle off-road before, okay? But I drive up, and even just to access the road that goes all the way back to the trailhead, you have to go over this massive freaking rock. Like, I mean, massive. It, it's almost like it's there to keep people out. Like, seriously. And you have to go over it in order to get to the other side and start going down the trail. And I was, I was honestly all about it at first, because um, I'm like, shoot, I've never driven the 4Runner off-road. I guess this is what these cars are made for. So let me just try it. And I go up. Um, I'm not sure if my car is, is high enough, you know, because this rock was just, it protruded out of the, the ground so high, like probably three feet, you know. And um, I try to go over it, guys, and, inst and like instant regret. Like, like just scratching the whole undercarriage of my 4Runner, this, this rock is... So I go back, I let myself roll backwards, um, back off the rock, and I go to start uh, turning around and just parking where everybody else parks. And then in that case, what you're gonna have to do is hike an additional two miles just to the trailhead. So your two mile hike turns into a four mile hike. It's like, it's terrible. Um, and I mean, especially once I actually got over that rock and then drove all the way back, I kept saying, oh my God, I'm so glad that we could drive back here. but. Anyway, so I go to start turning around and parking in the in the overflow parking lot where most people park. And Grace is like, are you kidding me? You know, like she basically did one of these, like, you're fucking soft. You know, like that's that's basically what she said. So then I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. Watch me. And uh, of course, I couldn't back down. So I, I, I go and I look at the rock again and I'm thinking, OK, how am I going to get over this rock? Um, I put my forerunner in this like special mode. I put it in four wheel drive. I, you know, all this stuff that's, that's honestly a little bit over my head. Um, but long story short, I made it over the rock. Okay. And now I'm like, I'm official. I'm off-roading. I'm in my forerunner. I feel I'm so excited and I'm having honestly some of the most fun. I mean, this is where the trip started to get really, really fun. Um, you know, I've had, I'd gotten through the storm in Oklahoma and, and Texas. Um, you know, I, I had, you know, a spiritual, um, you know, experience uh, by myself uh, in New Mexico. And, um, you know, I had some conversations with God that I felt like I needed to have. I also um, just, you know, worked through um, some other personal stuff that was bothering me while I was in um, New Mexico as well. And so I kind of, you know, put that stuff, you, you have to make peace with some of the stuff that, 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 that is, you know, that, that's in, in, imprisoning you. You know, like a lot of, a lot of times, like we're, we hold stuff in that's bothering us, whether it's grief or resentment or anger or jealousy or envy, like, like those things, when you just keep them to yourself and you don't work through them, like you don't acknowledge them, you don't, you don't address, you, that stuff literally, it, it's cancer. Like it changes you, it changes you for the worst. And, um, and so not only did I have that spiritual experience and I, and I get a chance to just, you know, I, I, I did, I found solitude. I went wandering in the desert by myself. I, I had some conversations with God that I needed to have, but I also, I did, I took some time when I was in New Mexico, White Sands to work through some things that, that just personally have been tormenting me, you know? And, and so now, you know, day three, I have grace with me. Um, we go hiking and this was like the trip started to turn really fun and, and I'm and I'm and I'm off-roading driving back to this trailhead uh, to get to the Devil's Bridge Trail and like guys it was it was awesome like it was awesome we're going over all these rocks and you know all this stuff and and, and every every once in a while like my car would squeak and I'd be like oof I don't know if it's supposed to squeak like that but you know what we're back here and uh, anyway we, we go we do the hike um and that was it was great sedona is another one of those places if you've never gone you should go but it's another one of those places where god is un, unignorable undeniable all right it's so beautiful um it is so beautiful and overwhelming in in the best way that you know it really does humble you and just remind you of just how you know how insignificant you are that's that's the, that's the only way i can describe it and i've you know what i've talked about that insignificance before and I, and I feel like it's hard to explain it in the way that I mean it because sometimes when I say, you know, that 
the earth or God or things like that remind me of how insignificant I am, I think that sometimes it can be received and, and interpreted um, in a multitude of different ways. But the way that I mean it is like when you're looking at Sedona, for example, and you are acknowledging how you know these rock formations, these mountains, they took they 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 took millions of years to create. Like they took millions of years to create. And you know what I start thinking about? Like, man, like a million years from now, nobody is going to give two fucks about me. Nobody's nobody is going to even know that I ever existed a million years from now. And 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 where the insignificance comes in is I think that in our own minds, like I this is this is real shit. In our own minds, we are so significant. And 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 that's why we operate a lot of the times self first, ego first. Like we prioritize ourselves and our own and our own well-being and our own interests and our own egos. We prioritize ourselves and we live and operate that way and it misleads us. Like it leads us to make bad decisions. It leads us, you know, to to live unfulfilled lives. Like it it affects your experience of life and your fulfillment and your happiness in a negative way when you always put yourself first. And so when I, what I mean when I say you know, that I feel insignificant in certain moments or remind myself of how insignificant I am, well, that's because I don't want to operate self first. I don't want to operate ego first. I want to operate other first. I want to put the world and other people first because I'm not that significant, but human humanity is, you know, and, and that's what I mean when I say, remind myself of my insignificance is because, you know, I, I think that when we become too significant and too important in our own minds, that's where it starts to influence the way that we operate and how we treat other people, how we live our lives, our decision-making process. And I always, always, always want to stay rooted in that insignificance, okay? I'm not that important. Okay, nobody, even not even, let alone a million years from now, a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, nobody is going to, like the decisions that I make for me, all right, are going to be so unimportant and insignificant. And so if you could just remember that, right, you, you may be able to make decisions that actually are significant. You may be able to influence or impact people in a way that actually is significant, that might, that might, um, that might influence the way that things are done or the way that people behave or, you know, generation after generation or after generation of, of, of either behavior or well-being or, or whatever the case may be, right? And so I like to stay rooted in that insignificance. And, and Sedona is one of those places, you know, that reminds you how insignificant and how small you really are. Um, but anyway, that was beautiful and that was fun. Um, and so we did that. We hiked. And then from there, we actually drove from Sedona over to Joshua Tree National Park in California, okay? And this was actually super cool, okay? I, I, this is one of the most beautiful drives that I have ever taken. I mean, there's, there's a couple drives or points of, uh, you know, on this whole road trip that was just breathtaking, I mean, breathtaking, but not only that, like, I mean, I, I, there was probably stints where I rode in the car for eight, 10 hours at a time with no music, no nothing, just looking around, just, just appreciating like the, 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 the beauty that exists here, you know, in America. And it was just in, in the Southwest specifically, but anyway, driving from Arizona to, um, California to Joshua Tree National Park, there was, it was so much desert. I mean, so much desert and it was cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably the most significant thing that I can remember. It was just like, it was similar in, it was similar to Texas in the sense that for as far as you could see in either direction, you know, for a long time, for hours and hours and hours was literally just desert. You know, nobody lived there. there. We would, we would go through these really, really, really tiny small towns where, you know, there's like, there's, there's like one school for K, like one building, one school building for all of K through 12. There would be a gas station that literally only had two pumps, you know, just like nothingness. 
and again, I was I was struck with those with, with being forced to acknowledge that like, man, people live here, you know, like they sacrifice everything their entire life to live here and, 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 and contribute to this small little industry or community here. And, you know, those those were humble reminders. Um, but apparently Joshua Tree National Park is one of the best places to stargaze in the entire United States. And it was, just, you know, it's just because you're in the middle of the desert, you know, there's 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 no, you know, clouds at night. Um, and anyway, there's and there's a lot of like constellations that are right there. Um, so anyway, we get to an Airbnb that I actually um, reserved and it, it was first of all, the Airbnb was freaking cool. It was in an airstream and this guy had like built a deck that almost went into the earth, like into the desert. And in the de in the deck was a was a hot tub. And then right next on the other half of it. So half of it was a hot tub. The other half of it was like this almost like a, a hammock. But it was it was stretched really really uh, tightly, so it wasn't like a a loungy hammock. It was just there so that it was a piece of fabric that you could lay on and look up at the stars. It was like a stargazing spot, and so we got there at night, and that's exactly what I did. Honestly, I I, I got a a joint. I had some marijuana f flower. All right, um, back in the day, I. I you know, everybody that, that eats gummies and smokes, you know, concentrate. I mean, that stuff is cool, too. But, like, man, there's nothing like some good marijuana, like some actual flour. And, uh, you know, in certain moments, anyway. And, and this was one of those moments. So I had a joint. I light my joint. I lay on the stargazing platform. And I looked up. And, man, it was just, it was, again, you know, it was, uh, it was overwhelming in a, in a good way. You know, I'd never seen a, I'd never seen a sky so full of stars. Like never, ever, ever, ever. Not even half as full. Never. Um, it was, it was one of the the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. It was so cool. And uh, you know, I did. I just sat there smoking my joint. Uh, Grace was laying next to me, and and we were just looking up at the stars. Didn't have to talk much, and it was just, it was really, really cool. Um, that was probably the coolest part about Joshua Tree National Park. And we weren't even in the park. Like I was just in Joshua Tree, California. All right, I wasn't even in the park. I was just at my Airbnb and I was just looking up at the sky and it was so cool. I mean, it was 90 degrees at night. You know, it's probably 10, 11 o'clock at night at this point. It's still 90 degrees. We're outside, hot as heck. Um, turned off all the lights, made it as dark as possible. I'm in the middle of the desert laying on this stargazing platform, looking up at the sky, and it was just, uh, it was really, really cool. So um, the next morning we woke up and we did actually go hike in Joshua Tree National Park. Again, if you look at the, um, the post that I made on Instagram, there are a few pictures of Joshua Tree National Park. One is like a picture of a valley and a trail that's going in, in between mountains and it's, it just goes out of sight. Like the trail goes so far through the mountains that you can't see it anymore. And then there's a picture of me um, standing next to what is actually a Joshua tree. All right. And it kind of looks like something from Dr. Seuss or something. Uh, but that was really cool. I went out there, no shirt, no nothing, just looking to absorb some sun and find some solitude. And that's exactly, you know, I got both of those things in, an, in abundance. I actually almost ran out of water on this hike, which was, which would have been tragic. I mean, tragic because it was probably 100 degrees. Um, there is no, there are no refill stations or anything like that. So, um, so, okay. So Joshua tree was freaking cool. Southern California was really, really cool. I found God there too. Um, and then we went back to the Airbnb and we're thinking about, um, we were thinking about, well, we were supposed to actually stay there at that Airbnb for an, another night. So we would have been there, um, that would have been Thursday. The day that we, we woke up and we went for the hike was Thursday. We also would have, we were supposed to check out on Friday. But instead, uh, what we did was we realized that there was a cool event going on in Vegas. Um, and Vegas was only three hours away. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's just pack up now and we'll just go. We'll just go see the show. Um, and that's what we did. So we hop in the car um, again you know, on the road again. And, and we did, we drove straight to Vegas, um, went seen a show there that we thought was going to be really, really cool. But to be honest, it was, it was really, really disappointing. It was trash. 
but fortunately, I got, um, I, actually I didn't find, Grace found uh, like a $60 room at the MGM Grand. Uh, and so I don't know if rooms are always that cheap in Vegas and at the MGM, but we got like a $60 room, so what a snag. And, uh, and weren't really mad about having made the trip anyway, even though the show wasn't that great. Um, then first thing in the morning, okay, w woke up, hit the road again, and we're on our way from, um, from Vegas uh, to, I think we were trying to get all the way to Denver. Uh, we didn't make it all the way to, to Denver, um, but we did. We started driving from Vegas. Uh, we drove through Utah, Utah is one of the most beautiful places ever okay it is so beautiful it the people there are really strange like that's just the truth okay if you're from utah i'm sorry but you know what i'm talking about okay the people there are just strange if you're not from utah don't ask me what i mean by that okay just go to utah you'll figure it out okay but the people there are strange the land is so beautiful though it is it is so beautiful we, um, again, this is one of those places where I was struck by how much uninhabited land there is. Like the western side of Utah is pretty inhabited. But once you get through that part of it, the entire eastern half of Utah is nothing but like dry salt beds, canyons, mountains like it is i mean there's green mountains there's rock mountains there's salt beds there's desert like it is beautiful but it is freaking empty there's this is the only part on the whole trip where i was really honestly worried that we were going to run out of gas i thought i was going to run out of gas there was a point where we drove probably 150 miles with no gas station like when with no gas like i i started you know, really kind of panicking, doing math. I'm calculating, man, are we going to make it to the next gas station? Um, but it was just so beautiful. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, green mountains, stone mountains, salt flats, you know, canyons, there was desert. There was, I mean, there was just, it, there was a multitude of, of different wildlife there. Um, and it was, it was really, really beautiful. We drove and drove and drove. We probably drove 10, 12 hours straight. Maybe, no, probably 12 hours straight um, that day uh, trying to get from Vegas to Denver. We did not make it all the way to Denver, but we got close um, and we landed in a city called Central City, which is like this really, really cool old preserved mining town in the Rocky Mountains, a little bit outside of Denver, where, um, <clears throat> where honestly there's like tons and tons. It's like a mini Vegas, but like tucked away in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. Um, so it's kind of weird. There's not many people there. I don't, I don't even know how these casinos even exist or you know, even continue to make money because it's a, it, this town is so remote. But anyway, we, we thought it would be cool to see it anyway. And, we, and, we, and it was cool. So we, we drove there, we stopped there, we got a room. Um, and, then, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the rest of the trip was, was, was really, I mean, it was great. The whole second half of the trip was just enjoyable. Like it was great. It was great to spend all that time with Grace. It was great to be able to drive um, through Utah with her and just, you know, even showing her Sedona. She'd never been to Sedona. Driving through Utah and we're both like looking around, jaw completely open, you know, at how amazing and how beautiful the land was. I mean, it was just a really cool experience through the second half of the trip. Um, and we ended up, uh, another place where I was kind of struck by just how empty the land was and how much farmland there was, was in Kansas. We go from Colorado to Kansas, then Kansas back to Missouri. Um, spent the day here for Memorial Day weekend at the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri with a friend. Um, and then ended up coming home and, uh, and really, I mean, just went grocery shopping, got ready for the week ahead. And, uh, and sat down just to record this and, and share with you guys some of my thoughts from the trip. So the rest of the trip was, was amazing. Overall, like, man, like I said, the, the, the trip started with some real negative, just negative energy, honestly. And, 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 and I went searching for something, not really sure what, and still not sure what, if it was one thing in particular or, or many, many things. Um, but I feel so good about it. And, um, 
you know, just overall, I, I suppose what I would say uh, as one of my, my big takeaways is that one, like you are not quite, you know what, I'll reframe it for you because I don't want to hurt anybody's ego. But I'm not quite as significant as sometimes I imagine I am. You know, I'm not quite as significant at work as sometimes I imagine I am. You know why? Because I dropped off the face of the earth. I didn't tell anybody. I disappeared from work for a week and they're doing okay. The place is still the place is still cranking. They're up and running. Nothing stopped. Everything kept moving forward. And so I'm not quite as significant as sometimes I imagine I am, okay? In your friendships and your relationships, you're not quite as significant. I'm not, I'm, excuse me, I'm not quite as significant as sometimes I imagine I am. But I am more significant than sometimes I give myself credit for, all right? And the reason why I say that is because, you know what, all the people around me that I, sometimes I imagine they depend on me, they need me, you know, they, they kept moving forward. You know, I didn't say anything to anybody. I didn't, I didn't let them know where I was going. I didn't give them a place that were, where they could contact me if they had questions, if they needed anything, nothing. I disappeared and they're still okay. Okay, so that's one, that's one side of it. But you know what? The other side is sometimes I say, oh man, these people, they don't, they don't care. They don't appreciate me. They don't blah, 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 blah. You know what? I left and some people were worried about me. Some people were worried about me. They reached out. They asked, they asked other people, hey, have you heard from Mark? Hey, do you know where he is? Hey, do you know what he's up to? Do you know if he's okay? And you know what? That was cool. That was really, really cool. And I always take notice. I take notice of stuff like that. And I never, ever, ever, ever forget. Um, you know, there's one of the, uh, I seen this on the internet one time, but it was like, um, yeah, man, it was like, man, my memory's bad, but my heart never forgets. Okay, that's me. I've never identified with anything more than that statement right there. My memory is bad, but my heart never forgets. And I won't forget those people that were worried about me. Right. So in your personal relationships, your friendships, okay, you're not quite as significant as sometimes you imagine you are. And then and then and then sometimes we fall into this really, really negative um, and counterproductive behavior of ignoring God in our lives. You know, and this is just, I guess, the last thing I'll say, you know, everybody has that voice. Everybody has guidance. Everybody has, you know, a conscience. You, you call it whatever you want. And sometimes, you know, we ignore it. We ignore it, right? There's that saying, you do better, you know better. When you know better, you do better, right? But, but, but we all know that that's not always true. Sometimes we know better, but we still don't do better. Right. And so whether that's a moral ethical sense, whether that's just with respect to your health and fitness and taking care of yourself or whatever it is. But I think that sometimes we fall into this very, very I fall into this very, very negative and counterproductive behavior of ignoring God in my life. And um, and man, I'm I, I'm so grateful that I, you know, had whatever the prudence or the wherewithal to just up and and take off and go put myself in a place where you know god could not be ignored you know i i really think that that for me this trip for me that was one of the biggest most powerful most productive uh takeaways um or, or things that i was able to accomplish on this trip and um and you know and yeah reminding myself of my own insignificance, giving myself time and space to think. I wasn't on social media. I wasn't answering text messages. I wasn't, I haven't checked my, I'm looking at my email right now. I have 146 emails in my inbox and that's only this past week because I cleared my, my inbox before I left, okay? And that's my work email, that's not even my junk email. Those are emails that actually have something in them. 146, I didn't check my email once. Okay, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't responding to text, wasn't on Instagram. I actually deleted TikTok. I, I removed Instagram app from my home screen. Facebook, same thing. Like I wasn't on it at all. Being undistracted, okay, and alone with my thoughts, alone with God. Um, man, I think everybody needs that from time to time. But at, le at least I do. I can't speak for everybody, but I do. And I'm so glad I went on that trip uh, because I needed it. And I feel a thousand times better now. I feel okay. I made peace with some of the things that, that, that have been bothering me, that I've been bottling up and, and holding in and not talking about and not facing and not dealing with. Um, you know, I, I really, um, just so many things, so many things. So great trip. Um, I'm back. I, I do plan on 
sharing episodes with you guys here regularly again. I, I really, I love the podcast format. I really do. I don't know how much you guys love it, but I love it and I'm going to keep doing it. So if you enjoyed this episode, if there was anything, sorry, it was so long, but if there was anything that was thought provoking or inspiring, even, even if you feel like, man, I need to take a road trip at some point now, first of all, shoot me a DM and let me know. I'll, I, maybe I'll give you some advice or maybe I'll just pick your brain. Um, but anyway, so yeah, if you got any value out of it at all, please, guys, just know, like, I, I really appreciate it when you do share the podcast. Um, you know, everything else really is insignificant to me, but this 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 is important to me. So thank you so much for, for, for listening if you made it all the way here, and uh, I will talk to you next time.